Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Hickey and Frenchie are here. We don't really care that it's Hickey's last episode, so we'll gloss over that for now. But I did want to give a big shout out to Java House here in Indy, our newest show sponsor. They've got five locations throughout the city. But if you are not local and you love good cold brew, go to javahouse.com and use promo code pitlane10 for 10% off. The coffee is fantastic and very strong. So if you need a good caffeine boost in the morning or afternoon or whenever, it's definitely good coffee to check out. And they also have decaf if that's your thing as well. So I don't know if we have any non-racing racing questions that Hickey would like to start us off with, but in honor of Hickey's last episode, I have started the episode with a spotted cow. And there was a request for some blue cheese at some point. Unfortunately, yeah, that is something that is banned in our household. Does your wife so. not allow blue cheese? No, that is a that is a me decision. But she only likes blue cheese on a couple of things, so it's not like something she couldn't live without. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a. I mean, the only things I've been up to lately, really, that are not racing, is been on a movie binge kind of while I'm you know working on the day job um of the, like the tell new everyone mo- what you thought of citizen kane i hated it i thought it was so stupid i <laughs> i don't i don't like it either i yeah, drunkenly I sent a out a t- i drunkenly sent out a tweet asking for movie suggestions while i'm going through this i i i will say i put about 50 percent of the ones i saw on there i was like you know if i looked up a movie and i was like well i don't know a single actor in here and the, the synopsis looks pretty stupid i kind of just skipped it uh, but I got a couple Citizen Kanes, and obviously I've heard all about how great of a movie Citizen Kane is, and I watched it, and I hated it. And just so people at home don't go, well, it, this little millennial kid just doesn't like old movies. I watched Casablanca, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed it, um, which was... That's what, an excellent ni- movie. Yeah, it was like 1942 or 3-something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, On the Waterfront, great movie. 12 Angry Men, great movie. Um this is really bringing back to host childhood right here. <laughs> I can't wait for you to leave. I know. Yeah, so Citizen Kane was dog shit. Hated it. <laughs> Stupid movie. Uh, easily the best one of the crop that I've seen of the new ones. Um, like some of the better ones have been Gangs of New York. Um, Good choice. Our Darkest Hour. And I didn't realize it was Gary Oldman until the end of the movie playing Winston Churchill. No idea. Uh, yeah, he's like a master of disguise. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, there's, there's like one other one that I like really enjoyed. Um, oh, Vice. I absolutely loved that. Uh, Christian Bale was excellent. Uh, but yeah, the easily the best one was There Will Be Blood uh, with Daniel Day-Lewis. Good choice. I, I never seen that, and I fell in love immediately. It was such a good movie. Um, so yeah, disturbing I, movie, but really good. Yeah, yeah. the The character arc is incredible. How he starts off as like well-to-do businessman, and then it just gets out of hand quick. Um, watched Point Break today with Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves <laughs> for the first time. All right. Yeah. It was a little cheesy. Surfer, undercover, FBI, yeah. cop movie, right? Yeah, yeah, Johnny Utah. Um, it was all right. It had some pretty cool... I didn't know that's where the dead presidents came from, so that was a kind of a pleasant surprise. And then I just started My Left Foot with Daniel Day-Lewis. 
Um, was that his first movie, right? That was his first Best Actor, yeah. Oh, okay. Not his first so not his ever first movie. movie. But no, but that's the first. That's one of his one of his three Best Actors. So yeah, um, yeah. If you got any suggestions, let me know. I might stay away from host suggestions. I don't want like the two star horror movies that are on the seller of Netflix's queue. I've been watching a lot of I don't know why, like of the like Zero Dark Thirty and a lot of related. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, I, I just watched that last week. And then I've been watching a couple others, like similar, you know, war genre type movies. And I forget what it was called, and I'll have to look it up afterwards. But whatever I watch, first off, Frenchie's face is frozen on the camera right now, and it looks hilarious. And so let me take a picture. Let me take a picture of this. This is the kind of outstanding journalism you get. So. Anyway, it, I've watched a couple really good ones lately. I actually haven't watched a horror movie in quite some time. I've been, I don't know, I guess trying to diversify. Have you ever seen, the movie version is with, I think, Mark Wahlberg's shooter, where he's like a sniper that gets... Oh, I've heard of it. He gets like uh, framed for trying to shoot the president. So they made a TV show version of that. And I just finished season one this morning, and it's pretty good. It's you know it's the same. It's it's essentially the same plot as the movie in season one, so you like you can kind of predict what's going to happen. But I still enjoyed it, so it was pretty fun. Well, you say uh, you say Zero Dark Thirty. Jessica Chastain yeah. is my favorite actress. Um, oh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. Let's see. What have I seen in the meantime? I saw Miss Sloan. I really liked that one. I, I saw The that. Eyes of Tammy Faye on hbo max at the request of my mother and or my mother said that no that's the one that she got nominated for her acting is sublime per usual it's also a very versatile role like it's not like the same old same old role that she kind of usually takes the strong female character lead the eyes of tammy faye was a really weird one uh the plot is pretty pretty weird um you know, kind of like the first televangelist to take advantage of the market per se, and her character kind of has to deal with a lot of trauma, which is pretty sad. But yeah, I, re- I re- listened to an audio book about the evangelical movement, which was very eye-opening to say the least. Fren- Frenchie will be back in a second. He has lost power in the middle of recording, so that's why we are delaying the IndyCar conversation what? momentarily. Well, who's his favorite driver? Like Gilles Villeneuve. I don't probably like I'm trying, I'm trying to, to somebody really bad what's the Pipo Durani what's his the name Ims- Pipo Durani the IMSA driver yeah I'm just trying to queue up a driver in my brain to slander once he gets back on so when he joins I can just be like in the middle of a we're just how about you just go along with it we're just gonna go along okay. with it so once right. he rejoins I'll be like halfway through a story <laughs> and I just want to see all right so now that we've kind of messed around for 10 minutes and talked movies and football and cornhole and other non-racing topics we've got some news to get to toronto to talk about i think that's pretty much it there's there's not a ton in the world going on this week but i guess kind of an advance notice next week mr malukas will be rejoining us to talk everything post toronto pre-iowa so that'll be cool and then yeah i will not be at toronto probably won't do too much tweeting this weekend actually just might like relax and 
sit on the couch and watch the race like a fan. But if um, unless something crazy happens that needs to be tweeted out. So where are we starting? Well, the good news is that you're not unstuck with me quite yet because I will be with the PLP gang, whoever shows up at Iowa. So if you see me at Iowa, say hi. Uh, oh, it'll just be me and host. All right, if you see us, say hi. Kind of my, my last act. And then uh, I'm I'm away uh, for good and oh, host God. gets no more old jokes. What should I bring you? Should I bring you some like prunes or something for Iowa? What are you going to want? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you just trying to get like – this is like when my when I see my Number brother – grandpa hat. <laughs> I quit. I quit. What are you saying, your brother? My like on family gatherings, like I try to like you know get in like digs at my brother because you know I only see him a couple times a year. So like I feel like this is like the equivalent of a family gathering right now. Yeah, their boots, and I'm not getting out of racing. I'm still definitely going to be a fan. I just think it's I, I chuckled at like making the rundown today because like I'm going to talk about something and then probably never talk about it ever again. Uh, yeah. f- for example. In a PLP first, we have literally just deleted an entire, I don't know, eight to ten minutes of audio talking about Alex Pillow because in vintage PLP fashion, we have gotten news right after recording. This is actually the first time I've ever deleted a segment and re-recorded something. So that's how... It's got to be good, then. That's how crazy this Pillow news is. So to, to recap... What we originally discussed was yesterday, Ganassi, yesterday, which would be Tuesday, Ganassi had tweeted out, we have exercised Alex Pillow's 2023 contract extension, so he will be back on the team next year. Then yesterday evening, while we were all doing our own separate things after recording, Alex Pillow put out his own statement that said, I didn't authorize this statement. I didn't make that quote. I am not going back to Ganassi next year. And then about five minutes after that, McLaren came out with their press release that said he would be on their roster of drivers next year along with 16 other drivers. Okay, now I'm exaggerating. Big McLaren, not just Aero McLaren. Big McLaren, yeah, big McLaren. The McLaren, the mothership. So, the, the McLaren mothership. So... That sparked, well, the internet went into a frenzy, and the here's here's what we know, and then, then you and I can, can rattle back and forth. There is going to be a, probably a lengthy battle here that's going to play out in court. How this will all come down, we don't know. What we've also been able to figure out, talking to sources, and Racer also reported this, is... Pillow also has a contract ext- uh, contract extension, a a option contract option. option for 2024. So there's still hell of a lot to unpack here. Yes, like Racer mentioned, similar to Justin Wilson and Dale Coyne many years ago, who you know, pretty much held out until they they released him from the contract. But man, this is unexpected to say the least so what are your what are your thoughts so did you just say that he has an extent an option for 2024 as well i just thought it was 2023 yep also uh, there is another option on top of that wow okay i didn't even get that much information because it's just been so crazy but what i really want to know and i don't know if we will ever find out is if Ganassi put out that statement saying they had picked up the option on Pillow for 2023. 
as an offensive move, knowing that McLaren was about to announce, maybe they had heard somehow, that they picked up Pelot. And so that way, they say, well, you can't. You got to pay us now, at least. At the very least, it's a way to position themselves to get a big buyout because we know McLaren has oodles of cash. What do you think? Do you think it was an offensive move or do you think they really didn't see it coming? I think out of the only people who saw it coming were McLaren and Ganassi and Alex Polo. Yes, so yes, I, th- okay. yeah, I think so. I think he went to them and said, yeah, um, nope, I'm not coming back. I'm going to McLaren. And they said, haha, well, we've got this contract option and here you go. So, yeah, I think it's, I, I think, yes, I think if there's any, I have spoken to a handful of people who will remain nameless and nobody saw it coming. So, I've, yeah, I've talked, I've talked to a couple drivers, a couple, sources people who work in the in the sport and no nobody saw this coming this is one of the most wild contract related things i've seen in my life in racing the other option is that if no one saw it coming do you think this was a last minute decision by polo i doubt it happened that quickly but do you think this was something like he was waffling about whether to go with mclaren and then ganassi was like we're not going to pay you, but we're going to exercise this option. And he was like, all right, screw you. I'm going with McLaren. I mean, you could be right. I I, I think it was Racer, and, and, I, and I've heard kind of Alex say this before. His Ganassi contract was, you know, very meager. Obviously, when yeah. he signed it, he was not a series champion. Now he is, and he wants to be paid like a series champion. Don't blame him. He's a hell of a driver. He's again this year you know he's fourth in points doesn't have a win but that consistency is is there yet again that shows that he is a a long-term you know year after year championship threat for the most part so yeah i'm i'm sure that chip was like nah listen this is your contract you got to live with it and he's like well i'm gonna force your hand now so what do you think happens next do you think that one he is going to stay in IndyCar because that's something that's been speculated about. He does have the super license points because he's got 15 for finishing third in Super Formula and then 40 for finishing as the IndyCar champion. Yeah. So he's got enough to go to F1. Do you think he's going to go to F1? Maybe Ganassi says, no, you can't drive an IndyCar next year with another team because we've got an option on you, so he has to go somewhere else? I don't see F1. I mean, I want to because I, I think... I think Alex would would really excel there, but you know Lando assigned to twenty twenty five. Ricardo has an option to be back next year, and it's his option; it's not the team's option. So, and he kind of put out some like vaguely worded statement today, but he'll he'll be back. I think he'll exercise his option because why are you going to turn down probably an absurd you know, McLaren paycheck? So, I I don't think he's going to opt out unless the team forces him out. Yeah, maybe there's a performance clause. Yeah, but no, I I think, you know, him, Rossi, Polo, Rossi, and Pato would be a very feared IndyCar lineup. And really the only, like, concern would be the whole strategy game, the the issues that have plagued McLaren here and there over the last couple years. So I don't think it's going to be F1, but, I mean... What do we know? We didn't expect any of this to come down an hour after we were done recording last night, so we've already been wrong once this week. Last question I have been pondering is, 
whether you think that Chip will just kind of take the money or do you think he's going to play hardball and let this go to court? Like, will this just end up in a buyout maybe? Or is this something that he's like, I'm, I've gotten screwed before on contracts like this and you guys keep going after my guys, my drivers, so I'm not going to play nice with you, Zach Brown. Yeah, I don't think Chip – I just have a gut feeling that Chip has no interest in playing nice. He's okay. he's come out and said something like cryptic, like what the hell is Zach Brown doing things. We've heard it in the paddock that he's that they are very frustrated with the way McLaren is behaving. So if, if I'm Ganassi, I am sticking to my guns here. I mean, is there a, a point, whether it be legal costs or McLaren just says, you know, here is a Brinks truck full of cash. If you shut up, you know. Will you? Will this do it? Could he be swayed? Yeah, I know. Last year when he sold his NASCAR team, he said everything can be sold at a price and bought again at a later date or whatever. But if I am talking about a IndyCar champion and a potential IndyCar winner most weekends, I'm playing hardball. Fair enough. I think that's what he's going to do too. I don't see Chip Ganassi really backing down, especially in this case. He's mad. It seems yeah. like. I- and if anybody is wondering why Hickey has disappeared from this segment, it is because he is not available to record this re-recorded segment. So He really meant it that he was gone after yesterday. Yeah, he was totally gone after yesterday. So you will hear him again in the rest of the episode. But he has a fan question that we will wrap up this segment with. His official comment is, holy shit. His fan question is, did Chip have the audacity to authorize that statement, the statement that came out you know, yesterday from, from Ganassi PR, so McLaren would have to pay to get Polo? I don't... I, I'm not sure. I, some, so if, if Chip didn't authorize that statement, then somebody in the PR department is probably in a little bit of trouble... But my gut says a statement of this magnitude when I'm pretty sure he knew what was going on was at least approved in some way by somebody higher up in the Ganassi organization. So I don't think it went like, I don't think it was blindly posted. So you think this is all part of his game, basically? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. I guess it's either part of the game right and he definitely knows about it or like we said they didn't see this coming at all and it blindsided them and that's why the quote's there it could be one of two ways but with chip ganassi he seems like a really shrewd businessman and i'm sure he's got his ways so i i wouldn't put it past him to do something like that to really take control of the situation agreed all right we will have a brief pause and get back to the rest of the episode we could have up to 29 entries at a couple tracks next season. We're looking at potentially 27 full-time entries. Seems like that, uh, seems good, but do we actually think that's going to happen? I don't see where unless we have new teams come in, right? Like I, there is the talk, right, that HMD might come in and add more cars to Dale Coin, but I don't see them adding that many. And then who else would you add as a team coming in? McLaren's third, Yunko second, and Mystery third. Yeah. So that would increase it to 27. But we're also losing a... I shouldn't say losing. The third Foyt car is sponsorship problematic. And I'm not saying it's like... 
you know, it's it's Foyt, so it's it's going to be at the back. But if we're talking purely a numbers perspective, I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time seeing it. The, there's a short, you know, there's not a hundred engines out there. There's not a hundred chassis. Chassis are aren't cheap to to buy new. And there was the apparent issue of finding all of these extra crew this year. So unless you are telling somebody we are guaranteeing a full season, et cetera, et cetera. I'm thinking 27 is the top end next year. I think 29 is obtainable once or twice because you think, you know, you get 33s for 500. So if you can kind of get a package deal for the Grand Prix, I think would be one where you'd see 29. Um, Road America, for some reason, always has a higher demand for entries. So I would say maybe like two or three races next year, you might see 29, Long Beach. Um, and we'll talk about kind of where this would stack up with the pit road conundrum here in a second when we get to Toronto. Uh, but yeah, so it sounds like all positive kind of on the front for next year's grid. If at least the, there's going to be some maintaining, we're not losing cars next year, which is always positive. Um, Colton Herta had his formula one test debut, uh, this past week here with McLaren at Portimao. I got to imagine going from a Formula One car. So he's in the 2021 McLaren uh, with their current livery. Got to imagine going from uh, a 2021 Formula One car in Portimao to an Indy car in Toronto. <laughs> it's got to be like the all time downgrade. <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Not only not only that, but also like you have to essentially rewire your brain twice in one week you know you go from IndyCar to okay i'm gonna drive an f1 car for two days to now i'm at the tight streets of toronto so it's it's a lot 
seems like you did well, but we don't have any times or anything on that. So no, I don't think there's any. We'll see any official times or anything like that. But I guess they weren't really doing anything to test his speed. It, it was just kind of to see how quickly he got used to the cars to see if he could do an FP1 later in the season. Yeah. But apparently the rumors keep swirling that he's in the frame for that seat that Daniel Ricciardo is leaving, as uh, Will Buxton confirmed. Will. <laughs> we love you, a, Will Buxton. Is that a joke? Because he he clarified that on Twitter, but people were still freaking out. Does it matter if he clarified it? Because he likes to spout things and then have to clarify it later. So maybe he shouldn't do that. What? I'm sure he got the source of everybody within the paddock. And by everybody, it's probably like two individuals. But he talked to everybody. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. I saw people calling her a uh, arrogant bastard or whatever on Twitter. And I just <laughs> yeah. don't, I, I don't understand that one bit. I, what? I, I saw something that was like, well, he, he gave me a crappy interview a few years ago. Like, did he? Like, Colton's pretty consistent in interviews. Like, he's very subdued, and, you know, maybe if he has a bad day, he's, like, a little bit annoyed, but you pretty much get, you know what to expect with Colton. He he, he always takes the time to, to talk, so I'm not buying that arrogant discussion. Yeah, like, is he New Garden bubbly? No. But <laughs> it's really hard to ask drivers to do that. I, I don't fault drivers one bit for being a little on the annoyed side when it comes to interviews because they're getting asked the same question by 15 different people over and over again all day, every day. So, Like when Rossi got asked after Texas qualifying and people were all confused why he was so rude after like a mediocre qualifying attempt? Yeah, He wasn't and, and rude, he, though. Kyle no, Busch is rude. Like, Alexander Rossi was... Like he was not happy, but he answered your questions. Right? Like, would you rather get a you... exactly? Would you rather get a five-word answer? Yeah. Would Would you rather get a five-word answer to wrap it up, or would you rather get a fifty-word answer where he's cussing at you? Exactly. Um. So yeah, take that, you know NASCAR fans. Get triggered. <laughs> get triggered. We're going out my last episode in the bang. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just don't. I don't understand some of the takes we're seeing about Herda. You know what? And it's like, you know, if he was leaving a Team Penske seat for Formula One, I'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. But, you know, he's not exactly with the best team right now. And he's pretty much him and Ross. And we don't even know if he's actually – like, he still needs super license points. So, yeah. well, still, he doesn't want a championship way. in IndyCar. Yeah. He so didn't even he, win the Indy Lights championship, to be honest. He finished second, so – so he and Rossi have been carrying Andretti here for a little bit. So, you know, it wouldn't be – it would obviously be a huge upgrade to go to Formula 1 at this point in his career. Uh, it's just, you know, if he does, quote-unquote, fail, I'm sure he could still come back and find a team that would be willing to take him, especially after all the clout he would get from going to Formula 1. So, you know, Colton, do what's best for you, man. Uh, we, we're all, we all got your back. No matter what happens, we're all going to be rooting for you. As host alluded to about the third Foyt entry, uh, there's some troubles in that uh, department. Uh, they will not be racing at Toronto, so that would be Tatiana Calderon is not racing at Toronto. Uh, so that's a bummer for the team. Some alleged late payments from Rocket, the sponsors on the Foyt car there. Um, so first, any general thoughts about that? Second, 
Do we think this will trickle into J.R. Hildebrand for Iowa not racing as well? That's a good question because I don't know if he brings any funding or if it's just the rocket money. So I think it it's a question of leader circle points, right? If you want to see him continue to race. I, I think, well, on that point, I think their results on most venues, but especially the road courses, have not been up to par enough to get to the top 22, especially with the, the large field we've had this year. So I think leader circle, especially if they're missing Toronto, might be out of the question at this point, barring a couple very healthy results at the rest of the season. I mean, if, if they're out of Toronto and they miss a race, I think they're technically ineligible for the leader circle anyway oh, because yeah. they haven't completed a full season. They might get an exception because I think Yunkos did that one year where they missed the race. <laughs> the leader circle is so ambiguous. There's like, a lot I'm of still, gray area there. I mean, even yeah. like even last year where we thought it was going to be – or it was, wasn't it like Ray Hall and the high V entry last year thought they would be in contention and then they weren't, but then they were, and it's like, what is going on here? But they actually weren't. But they actually weren't, and it was funny because – certain team officials for that team thought they were <laughs> yeah it's, um we'll yeah. Sa- we'll save that for another episode we'll have we'll, we'll make sure hickey's back for a leader circle oh no frustration confusion but anyway it's a shame i think tatiana has shown you know she can typically you know drive a clean race maybe doesn't have the pace i'm sure a significant chunk of that is due to the fact that it's the third foot car but I also think losing her around the paddock is really unfortunate for all of the little girls that I have seen around Tatiana's garage area all season long. It's a big bummer. Hopefully she'll still be there in some capacity, but I wouldn't blame her if she wasn't. But I don't think we see JR in that car unless they think they can do well enough that you know they can score some some major points or something like that but he's good at iowa he's good at iowa but he wasn't at the iowa test with foyt a couple weeks ago so i i I, i'm saying right now probably not yeah i mean it's a double points race so if they don't go to that then they're basically done anyways so um did i miss anything anything else before we move on to scott mclaughlin known a guy on twitter that was kind of funny that was fun. <laughs> uh, that guy got more publicity than he's ever gotten. For I saw he's like a he's some journalist and has some podcasts, but I think he had about two hundred followers, and I, he hasn't gained any, but he got a lot more publicity. Sure did. Um, all right. Well, Toronto. So I've actually have a trivia question for you guys because, of course, I have to have a trivia question on my last episode here. We are going to start with host and alternate, so one at a time. Um. There are 10 correct answers. IndyCar was last in Toronto in 2019. Of the 22 drivers, only 10 of them will be at Toronto this weekend. How many of them can you name? Can you can you ask that question one more time? So in 2019 was the last time IndyCar was at Toronto. Yeah. There's 22 drivers at that race. Yeah, yeah. Who's racing there also this weekend? Will Power. Yes. Now my turn? Yep. All right, so Scott Dixon was obviously there. Yep. New Garden. Yep. Pagano. Yep. Elio. Are you cheating? I have. Elio uh, was not full-time at that point, unfortunately. 2019, okay. Frenchie? Um, 
Renus? No, he was twenty. Oh, that was before he came in. Damn. Yeah. Right. Host. Ray Hall. Yep. Sato. Yep. Oh boy, Rossi. Yep. We got three left. Um, now I'm trying to think if like when Colton and Pato came in. It was too early. Um, who's still racing? Colton and Pato are at the end of 2019 in Sonoma. Yeah. Or 2018. Felix? That was Felix's rookie year, right? Correct. Felix. Two left. Oh, God. Oh, I know one more at least. I think maybe. Oh, I think I have the two, I bet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is it Harvey and Erickson? Erickson is one. Harvey wasn't racing there, right? He was still no. part time. Damn it. It is it is Colton Herta. Host was was wrong. Oh, you steered oh, me wrong. 20, 2018, 2018. My bad. Yeah, I did uh, I, I swear I didn't do that on purpose. So you ready for the list of the twelve that are no longer going to be racing this weekend and <laughs> for some of them who are not racing an IndyCar at all this season? Are they superstars? Uh, we got James Hinchcliffe, Sebastian Bourdais, Marco Andretti, Santino Ferrucci, Ed Jones, Zach Veach, Max Chilton, Spencer Piggott, Ryan Hunter Ray, Tony Canan, Tony Matthias Laced, and Sage wow. Karam. Haven't heard Matthias Laced's name in a while. I wonder what he's, he's doing. Uh, probably Brazilian stock cars or something. <laughs> that's I exactly know. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that's where every Brazilian ex-IndyCar driver goes and races. Um... So yeah, it's kind of wild. We've, I mean, and even with the expanded field to twenty-five entries this weekend, and you know, kind of consistently this year, twenty-six and twenty-seven cars. That there's that many people that aren't at Toronto. So we got a lot of people going to Toronto for the very first time. Um, you thinking like as far as the heavy hitter side, like McLaughlin, Polo, VK, um, Pato, right? Pato. Or has he been there in Indy Lights, probably. Well, he's probably there for some road to Indy function because Indy, I think Indy Lights is there in yeah. 2019. They used heard to go hit the to wall Toronto. Yeah. In the lead or something. Yeah, it broke his hand. That was like the championship deciding moment, right? You could argue. Yeah. Potentially. And I think this was kind of like the race that the first race for Pato be, being a Red Bull driver because he was, yeah, he was at Road America with Carlin the weekend oh. before. Um, so, yeah, he must have just signed on with red bull and went to austria i believe that year once toronto happened and then carlo went back down to one car so yeah i am one of the things that was going to be an issue with toronto was the pit boxes given the stupid pit lane and the amount of cars increasing from the last time there this time uh the solution is that the pit boxes which generally like to be allotted to 40 feet long are now going to be 35 35 feet long um so are we going to get through the race without a pit incident of some kind let's hope but i don't know five feet is a pretty big that's probably what two and a half feet on each side of the car each end of the car i would imagine so uh how long are indie cars because we know f1 cars are like 20 million feet long they're about three and one third hosts i don't think an indie car is 15 feet long no, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Probably not. No, an indie, an like indie car, three and a quarter, three and, and one third, <laughs> three and one third hosts is fifteen feet long. You're pretty short then. <laughs> Wait, these <laughs> are under like you're five feet. An indie car is sixteen point seven five feet long. All right, so almost so three like, and one third hosts. It's like yeah. two point five hosts. 
Like, yeah. so that's that's a significant amount of space to take out of there. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if everybody can pull into the box straight. Will be my well, yeah, especially if you're in one of those curvy bits, right? Ugh. Because uh, who? Where were we just at? We were at Mid Ohio. Mid Ohio. And Pato on pole, so Pato is looking good. He's gonna love his he's gonna love his pit box. And I think some of the guys who are fast, like Joseph, oof, they're gonna have a tough pit draw. I bet. Um. So yeah, and then I don't know general feelings about being back at Toronto. It seems like the whole paddock is pretty excited to to head back for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think it's one of those tracks that even if you don't necessarily love it or you haven't had great results there in the past the the energy is awesome there's a lot of overtaking opportunities no room for error so it's 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 a really cool place i'm very sad i am not the, uh not going there this this year I, you know the city loves indycar racing the, the the fan turnout is awesome it's a it's a really cool setup i went there once and it was in 2018 and i actually took my girlfriend and she enjoyed that race more than most of the other ones I've taken her to because Toronto was a really cool city to explore. So I hope to get back there too. I'm excited that they are returning, but I know every year we have this discussion of like that area is getting more crowded, like with Long Beach and is the space going to get reclaimed by apartment buildings or something? No. It's like when they say every year Long Beach is going to have a baseball stadium and part of the track now and yeah. it never happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that would require the Angels to win. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if we have really anything else Toronto other than predictions. I don't know if one of you guys wants to jot them down since I will be a wall next week. French, Frenchy yeah. can get jot them down, but real quick, this is a reminder: we're going to do this once a day. The race is only on Peacock. Don't complain. <laughs> I don't want to see your complaints. They have promised. Three, at the most three minutes of commercials the entire race which is no way good. wait i didn't see that that's awesome that's yeah, epic oh all of them on peacock then yes i agree so you know hopefully the the turnout is great i know there is going to be a significant portion of the facebook indycar crowd that will <laughs> whine and not watch the race is that a synonym and, for something else no, 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 that's no. Literally, no, the Facebook people, maybe I don't know. No, that's why. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, I mean, mainly, but uh, don't complain. It's five bucks. It's che- so just stop. So just to recap, to everybody, it is on the cock this weekend. You, I will not bleep that out since it is your last episode. Only Yay. if you, that's your only time you say it, I will not bleep it out. Can I say beans in the whip, or is that? Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Pen and paper, Frenchy. Come on. Yeah, um, piece of paper. Dog walk is that another man. one? I'm the real old one. <laughs> Depends. Host on is it. ready to dog dog walk us with these picks. Yeah, let's see if uh, Rick and I can can nail the picks this week. Uh, <laughs> Your alternate personality, <laughs> my, my alter ego. <laughs> well concerned here. Everybody I'm waiting for Frenchie to go. This is Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> what? All That's right. from a movie. I gotta show you that one. Hickey, since it is that. since it is your last episode, you can lead off the predictions. Um. Well, shoot. Who did I pick in fantasy? Um. I am going to pick uh, Polo as my first pick. 
I will take Colton Herta. And I will take, we're thinking in the, it's in the top 10, right? Uh, you can pick anybody, really, if you're for your first one or two, I think. All right, then I'll just pick Pagano because he won there in 2019. Mm, gutsy. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize that's the way we were doing it. So let's go with Newgarden. Then. Okay, I will take Polo. I already said him. Yeah, that oh, was the first wow. thing he said. I wasn't listening. <laughs> I will take Marcus Erickson. And right. then I will say Rossi. And then my under 15 pick will be four wheels and an engine for my last episode. Go well on, done. buddy. Well done. All right. I will take, well, since he's on next week, I'll take Malukas. Oh, God. Kiss ass. Yeah. Do you blame me? All right. And then my out of the top 10 pick is going to be Felix because he's an 11th. Is he really? Oh, God. He deserves a good result at some point. I feel bad for him this season, at least before he goes to Formula E, which is sounding more and more like what's going to happen. Yep. If you listen to any Formula E podcast or news, then that's what they think over there. I haven't done that. (laughs) I got you covered for that. Thank you. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts in my spare time anymore. But, all right, well, we're going to keep this short. Hickey, thanks for everything. It's been a lot of fun. Don't be a stranger. Everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.